0: good day good afternoon good whenever it is you are listening to this thank you very much for listening to this you are checking out yet another woke and baked my guest today is shadra green shadra is a local bodybuilder slash entrepreneur and we discuss diet eating and overeating bodybuilding as a sport and many many more topics had a very good time getting to know shadra and i hope you do too Be sure to check out the links in the description if you are interested in contacting Shadra for bodybuilding questions or anything else. I've got her website links. I've also got her Instagram links. So, boom, I've got all that information for you. You just have to go down into the description and take a look-see. Also, this Saturday, Nikki Stein, Fred Koski, Matt Plant, Brandon Miller, and myself will be performing for free at the Duck Inn on K-Beach, starting at 7 p.m. That's this Saturday at the Duck Inn. Come see me. I'll have something for you. A gift. A token of my affection. A sign of my love for you, the person who is getting out of the house and listens to this podcast. All right? You might even break some social distancing, and I might give you a smooch. All right. All right, I'd like to give a very solid shout out to my supporters, The Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive, behind Save You More. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, theironasylumgymak.com. The website is currently stocked with t-shirts, hoodies, hats, duffel bags, and booty shorts. So if your sweet ass is looking to get its sweet ass into a pair of Iron Asylum booty shorts, they got him. All right, they also carry local brands like Loved AK with free shipping on orders over $100. The website again, The Iron Asylum, gym, Call 907 953 4720 for more information. The gym is open 24 hours a day, so if you would like to schedule a tour, they can make that happen for you and you can get in on your own time and work it out. 907 953 4720 is again the phone number. Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway, they are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of hash aid, and now blueberry hash aid. They also make canna caps, honey sticks, and now they've infused peanut butter. That's right, farm direct peanut butter with cannabis. They also carry flour, concentrates, including decarb oil and cartridges. Now, because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices. They also carry edibles from your favorite edible manufacturers, including Lady Grey, Baked Alaska, Glacier Gummies, Creative Confections, and many, many more. They also carry CBD, so be sure to ask your bud tender for recommendations and be sure to check out their website, redruncannabiscompany.com, for more information as well as weed maps for their current menu. Hash Aid is also available at finer dispensaries around the great state of Alaska. What was your favorite movie as a kid?
1: Probably The Sandlot.
0: That's probably the one that I get the most that people say. Oh, it's The Sandlot. Um, Yeah. Never watched it.
1: What? Why?
0: I've got zero in the way of good reason for why I've never watched The Sandlot. I just (laughs) haven't. I feel like at this point, like, I've got kids that are, you know, like, between the ages of, like, 8 and 15. Like, I... I should watch it, if for no other reason than I should watch it.
1: You definitely need to watch it.
0: Wait, was that the one where Dennis Leary was, like, somebody's stepdad? And he had a baseball?
1: Yeah. That's the one. Both of them are good. The new, like, the newest one and the old one.
0: Wait, they did a sequel to it? Yeah. Did it take place in the 50s and
1: 60s, or? It's pretty old. The second one is pretty old. Um... It's been a while since I've seen the second one. I'm more familiar with the first one, but yeah, they did like a weird spinoff on it, and that one's okay. But the first one's definitely one that you like should definitely see. Make your kids watch it. Okay. It's one that they'll like.
0: I remember the big dog. Mm-hmm. Like that's but it wasn't a movie that kind of stuck out to me uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um... I don't know. Like, as a kid, I, I really got into Goonies. Like, that was oh, my shit. Oh, Goonies like, was a good one. It was an adventure movie. Yeah. It was yeah. like a kid's adventure movie. Like, and that's one of those things that's just like, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it was recently shown at the Orca. Was it? Yeah. Oh,
1: it was, wasn't it? I missed that one.
0: Yeah. So, um, the one of the other podcasts I do, Streaming, service and show, like, we reviewed a whole bunch of the movies that, like, they're showing at the Orca now because they're all in streaming services. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they, we ran through Back to the Future um which when you go back and watch back to the future as an adult it's really dark <laughs> it's really dark. I know I
1: haven't seen it in years I need I've been meaning to go back and watch it just because you know the whole 2020 and all that stuff that just happened and everything and like the back to the future movies started coming popping back up you know so I definitely have been meaning to like go back and watch them just to kind of get refreshed on what happened in the movies cuz I you know I watched them so long ago I don't really remember much
0: the second one sucks the second
1: one sucks <laughs> um,
0: and keep in mind like, that was supposed to take place in like 2015 so like where are our flying cars man
1: I know where are they damn it doc we need to step it up
0: you sold us a fake future I want to know maybe what happened in that, in that universe that um, got them to a 2015 that had flying cars like did the, did the aliens show up like hey here's some flying car technology and, maybe and that's what we got <laughs> All right, so we're joined today by Shadra Green. Uh, Shadra, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, so I moved from Idaho to Alaska in 2014 or 15. So I've been up here for a while. Um, I have two kids and then um, after I started falling into a deep depression postpartum, I decided that I wanted to get back into fitness because I was always a fit person when I was growing up. And so after putting on nearly 50 to 60 pounds after both kids, I decided that I needed to you know, find myself again because I lost myself along the way. Um, So I got back into fitness and then um, 2018, at the end of that year, I started bodybuilding and now I am coaching and, you know, working and being a full-time mom, running a rental business. I'm pretty busy. I've got a lot going on lately.
0: Very grateful for your time. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, not a problem. Um,
1: This is is great. I'm glad I can be here.
0: So what was the thing that rather than just getting back into shape and getting back into fitness, what was the thing that pushed you back into bodybuilding or pushed you into bodybuilding?
1: Um, so it's something that I've always wanted to do. I used to look at them online like other competitors when I was in college and I was in a toxic relationship and they always sexualize bodybuilding when it's definitely not sexualized. Like it's just, you know, admiring where, what a body can do and where it can go. And so he pushed me away from it and wouldn't let me compete. Um, And then so when I started getting back into fitness, I started talking to some girls at the gym and they were competing. So um, there was a coach from Anchorage that came into Iron Asylum and was putting on a posing clinic. I went to the posing clinic and then that day I decided that I wanted to commit to one show and see how it'd go. And then so I started working with that coach for a while and then I hit my first show and I did all three divisions and excelled really fast with it and kind of found my passion for it. So I continued with it and it's just grown and blossomed into something that I never thought it would. Because I never thought that I would be here like, you know, helping other people find their way back to loving themselves and just really enjoying their own bodies that they're in. And so by giving them a nutrition and, you know, a workout plan that's helping others to find their way back to just finding inner happiness with themselves and so it's really just led me down a path I never thought I would be
0: would you like to give the the coach and the gym a shout out
1: um so I work out at iron asylum best gym around if you don't go there you definitely should hop on over there um the gym has amazing amazing equipment um I I I Speak nothing but high levels of how impressive the gym is. The community in there, like just everybody's just so great to be around. It's like a little family, you know, home away from home kind of vibe. um So I'm not, low, I'm no longer working with that one coach that I started with. I'm now with Shane Hughley, and my process with Shane Hughley has been outstanding. So, so huge shout out to them.
0: So where's Shane Hughley out of?
1: He's in Utah. Yeah.
0: When you're, Working with a coach that is, you know, thousands of miles away, what do you feel are, like, the most efficient ways to interact with them? Are you over Zoom? Or are you over Skype?
1: So, um, honestly, I don't video chat with him because I've already, like, been competing before, so I kind of already know what's expected of me, and he's such a well-respected coach. You kind of know that you need to be on your crap, otherwise you're going to get dropped because he doesn't waste his time with people that aren't going to, you know, stick to what the plan is. So with him, it's just he provides me with a meal plan, he provides me with a workout plan, I do it, I check in once a week, I send my photos, my videos, and then he responds and gives me feedback. I'm sure if I reached out to him and was like, hey, I need to Zoom, I need to Skype, I need to have a meeting about something, then he would certainly reach out and, you know, do so with me. But I, I, I don't feel like I need to do that, you know, and then um, the other thing is, is when you're on a team, and you're with other people that are on that team, you actually form these weird bonds that you never thought would be there and friendships just out of nowhere, social media has really opened the platform for people. And so you know, you start reaching out to people that are on the same team as you, and you kind of use them to, like, bounce your emotions off of and see how they're doing compared to how you're doing. And it's just like a, a su- support system that you didn't think you would have. So um, that's what his team provides for other people.
0: Um, how was the transition from, uh, from being someone who was just who was invested into health and fitness uh, to moving on to, to bodybuilding or, or physique competi uh, competition, like uh, how does that change up, um, from point a to, you know, to, to where you're trying to get to.
1: So when I first started working out, it was more so just to find my inner confidence and, um, It was just like something that I did as a hobby, a time for myself because this was when I wasn't working. I was staying home every day with the kids and I was new to the area and I had no friends. So it was really just focusing on me. Like I just got an hour a day, just go focus on myself. And then when I started morphing into the bodybuilding thing, it was, you know, training became more of like a religion thing. Like I have to be in the gym once a day. I need to get my cardio in. It's not so much as just a hobby it's more like um because I'm trying to get to the elite level and I want to be a professional and so you kind of have to treat it as if it's a job like you show up and you do the work otherwise you're not going to get the results almost like if you didn't show up for an actual job you'd get fired you know like a no call no show it's it's kind of morphed into something different than just a hobby is how I could describe it
0: um Stephen Pressfield, who was, um, uh, he's an author, uh, wrote a, a book about turning pro, like um, his, first, uh, his first book on the matter was The War of Art, uh, and then there was uh, Turning Pro. And he said, you know, he was laying out these sort of rules of, of the things that you have to do, the, the consistency, uh, having, having your set schedule and, and actually doing and, and putting out um, what it is that you're working on. Were you nervous before you decided to make the transition to becoming a professional?
1: Certainly. I was certainly nervous about making that transition and commitment because the time that you spend in the gym, you know, depending on how long your training is, you know, I went from just working out and it used to just take me 45 minutes to then having to adjust my whole schedule and, you know, not being able to be home with the kids as much or with Taffley when he gets off work, you know, like I have like two and a half hours that I have to spend in the gym that, you know, I'm giving myself some grace period if people want to talk to me, you know? Um, but like it's, it's nerve wracking in a sense that you're adjusting your whole schedule day to day living to the gym. And so yes, getting in the training is equally as important as, you know, getting home and making dinner for the family or, you know, just going to work like I said like you have to be there for that certain hour or that certain time of day like you make it happen and so to get to the elite level you have to kind of sacrifice some things in your life to be able to make it to the gym on days that most people just would say you know I'm just too busy I'm just gonna skip it today like you you don't have that option you make it happen
0: so there's a, a rapper by the name of Spidge. He's got a song called uh, Movement is Medicine on his uh, newest record. Uh, by the way, also a guest on the podcast at one point. Um, he, the opening line was, I'm in the gym dead tired, but I'm dedicated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you, when, you, when you've got you know, something in your brain saying, I can't, you know, not today, I'm going to take today off. Like, how do you get over that?
1: Uh, I usually don't get over it, honestly. Like I get one day to rest during the week and if I absolutely feel like I'm not going to do well in the gym, and there has been times I've been I've walked in the gym and I've turned around and walked out because it was just not my day. So if that happens I just move my break, like my rest day to that day that I just walked out of the gym and then I'll work out on the day that I was supposed to rest. So
0: Um how has like the COVID nineteen, everything shutting down? Um, I know there was a a competition in April uh, that was shuttered. Um, how has that changed the way that you operate, from training to uh, to diet, uh, additional stresses that that wouldn't be there otherwise? How has that impacted you?
1: So honestly, COVID nineteen it did wonders for me. Actually, I stayed home more. I was more like intuitive with my eating i was more on track because i was able to just stay home i didn't have any other obligations to go out and go do other stuff and you kind of just adjust to staying home i was used to it i was a stay home mom you know i i was pretty used to it but working out that was the tricky part finding workouts that were more you know up to par to what i was used to and adjusting to home workouts that was the probably the most challenging thing for us um you know, but I just incorporated the kids into the workouts, used them as weights, made it fun. Um, but other than that, like, I, I stayed pretty consistent with my meals and go off track. Um, and then what else did you ask? I forgot, like, the second part, portion of that question other than...
0: um, The shuttering of the competitions. Oh, um, the
1: competition, right. Um, So I did have a competition that was scheduled for July 4th and like when that got postponed and pushed back like I was ready for it I expected it but it still hindered my emotions towards it when it happened because my wedding is the 25th and I was gonna go do this show hopefully turn pro then kind of reverse out of it and be kind of filled up for my wedding because I didn't want to be too harsh and too lean for my wedding gown and so trying like trying to deal with that emotionally has really affected me and so my next show was pushed out to September. So I'm still having to continue to diet through my wedding, which is something that happens, you know, it's a huge, huge deal. Weddings are a huge deal. That's when you share food. That's when you share drinks, you know, like it's a huge bonding time. And I might not be able to get to do that with my family. And I haven't seen some of my family in three, maybe five years, depending on who the person is. So, you know, like drinks and food is a big part of you know your family and your group activity you know it's usually when you're with someone it's about drinks and food you're usually that's what you share right so I don't get to experience that so it's really hindered me emotionally but um I'm just kind of trying to work through that and work past it and continue to prep for the show but also still get excited for my wedding even with the possibility of not being able to enjoy those small things
0: um and how uh, how has the the fiance been with all of this, with these dates changing and and transitioning and and having to move?
1: Um, around? he he's been good. He's been really really supportive. Um, last year we had a hard time adjusting to how the diet would be dieting for so long. My emotions were really off kilter, and I was very agitated over ridiculous things. So. Um, This year, we really tried to talk about what's going to be expected and how to work through stuff and kind of like what would trigger me, what doesn't trigger me, and we kind of just approach day to day um, a little bit more at ease and like maybe like the jokes that he would say before I was in such a deficit and so dieted down maybe they wouldn't have affected me then but now they affect me more so so it's just kind of watching what we say to each other and how we say it so he's been very very supportive the kids are very supportive of it they encourage me to continue with it um he knows where I want to be at and he you know day-to-day continues to push me there um you know but there are those days that you just they're more challenging than others and we just We make sure that at the end of the day we talk it out and address the issues that we've, you know, came across during the day and end on a good note.
0: Do you think anything's going to change between uh, now and, and going pro? What does that look like for you? Does it change... I mean, what does it change? Does it change anything?
1: So it could change a lot and it could, it could just not change anything. It could just be, you know, you get that label of professional, but what I'm hoping is that getting that elite, um, title, it will help expand my business and attract more clientele. Um, I that would certainly be an amazing opportunity for me. You know, um, you get more exposure on social media. So, Um, With that exposure, like I said, more clientele from different states. Um, And then for me personally, just knowing that I have made it to the elite status would just be such a reward. Even if it doesn't even help my business, it would just be such a personal reward for me to be able to say that I've made it to the professional league. And I can, if in the future I want to... uh, go on stage with professionals and compete at that elite level and it's just it's just a personal goal
0: how important is diet to what you do
1: diet is probably more important than your workout in itself like if you are not on your diet 100 percent of the time you could just be spinning your wheels um now, with some people, you can have a cheat meal or a high carb day or even two times a week you could have those Its you know you really need to be working with a coach or really just know yourself and know what your limits are and you know what's too much because you don't want to spill over if you get a cheat meal you don't and also the another issue that you know some people like develop, which I have developed um strict dieting can lead to binge eating and it's an actual disorder and so um, when you're allowed a cheat meal, you probably are going well over your cheat meal that is recommended for you and your diet. Um, I certainly have done that several times this whole prep, you know. Um, once a week, I was able to have like a burger and a small dessert. And then I find myself having like a burger and five desserts, you know. It's just, it it it's something that does come with the territory. Like you have to be a little bit more diligent with paying attention to how you approach your cheat meals or your refeeds. Like you really need to pay, pay close attention to that. So diet, it, it, it's very, very important. Like you really need to be on it.
0: So can we talk about your, your, other, your, your business, uh, Body Spice Shader? Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about it. Tell me what you do.
1: Um, so I provide each client when they reach out to me with custom meal plans or macro numbers some people like to have more flexibility in their diet some people want a strict meal plan and then um, I customize their workout plans for them for if they want to do it at home or if they want to go to the gym Um, I give them cardio recommendations on you know different kind of cardio workouts that they can do there's low intensity high intensity but it's it's built to each client so I get you know I ask them certain questions, they respond, and then I build their plans that are accustomed to them so nobody gets the same plan because everybody's body is different. And when you get that meal plan or macro numbers, it's just, it's an experiment at first. So it could take two weeks and you start losing some body fat or it'll take four weeks before you see any difference and then you really have to play with, you know, your numbers a little bit. So not everybody's body is the same so I make sure that I build their plans to them specifically what is a macro a macro so it's your the macros are your proteins, fats, and carbs, and so those are the three like basic numbers that you want to focus on not so much of your calories when you're more like when you're more into tracking your macros you want to pay more attention to your carbs, protein, and your fats, which is what is given to you by your coach and it's all calculated by Body weight and height and age and how active you are and if you're not active, so you just you have to do a calculation of finding your calories and your proteins, fats and carbs.
0: Okay. Um, how if a client if a potential client wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way to do that?
1: Um, so I have a website. It is www.bodiesbyshadra.com or you can email me at shadragreen. At outlook.com All our social media I'm on Instagram a lot of people hit me up through there um, I do have uh, a Facebook business page as well um, or I get a lot of people that refer like their family to me through them you know so I get a lot of referrals through other family members and it's usually via email
0: in the documentary zombie land uh cardio was rule number one as a bodybuilder where does cardio stand
1: uh so when it depends on if you're building or if you're leaning out like because there's two different phases when you're building you probably aren't going to be doing as much cardio when you're leaning out your cardio you know it could range from 30 minutes, it could be 15 minutes, or it could be an hour or more. It really depends on who the individual is. Cardio is just like a diet, like it's custom to you. Some people lean out faster and easier than other people. Um, So, you know, there really isn't just a specific amount of cardio that someone should be doing to be able to lose weight. You You could easily run for 15 minutes and be losing body fat like no one's business. You could be doing cardio for an hour and still have a long way to go.
0: Okay. So what, uh, run back, running back to the beginning, uh, when you started, uh, bodybuilding, who were the people that you were looking at, uh, for motivation?
1: Um, for motivation, it was the other people in the gym. Honestly, I look at the other people in the gym and I see how they're performing and then it motivates me to get on their level. Like, it, it it's almost like a competition in my head I don't project onto people like I'm competing against them but in the gym when I see them killing it I'm like I need to step it up I need to kill it too and that's where my motivation comes from it's just other people in the gym I'm just watching them and they're inspiring me to push harder and I can go further so
0: uh, has it stayed that way from the beginning to yeah yep
1: yeah, I go in there and then you know some days I'm just like not feeling it and then I'll look around the gym and I'll see like you know, jelly just killing it on deadlift or, you know, other people just killing it on the treadmill. I'm like, well, I can, I, if they can do that, I can do that.
0: Um, when you, uh, when you look back at, uh, where you started, um, versus where you are now, do you get a, a sense of pride? Um, or, or do you look at yourself and like, wow, I, that's where I was. And that's, this is where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, I certainly do. I look back at where I started and where I'm at now, and I never thought that I would be where I am today. Um, I do take pride in it, but I also try to stay as humble as possible, you know. Um, I do give myself a pat on the back, more in a private sense, you know. I don't like to feel like I'm smearing it into people's faces because um, a lot of I've gotten a few people that think that I'm like, you know, smearing what I've done in their faces but by no means have I ever tried to project that onto people Um, so I try to stay prideful but also humble at the same time.
0: Okay so imagine we're a week out from a competition Um, what does your uh, fitness routine look like and then what does your diet look like?
1: Um, So in the past I would deplete really hard so we would cut sodium and we would cut Um, Water, So I was essentially drinking distilled water, which pulls all the nutrients out, you know, and you're dehydrating your body like crazy. And then I would cut carbs and then sodium. So I wasn't allowed any salt. So I was like, so like my diet, it was very extreme, very, very extreme. And when you're, when you're stage ready, when you're at that elite level, you don't, you don't do this. Like you shouldn't do this. Um, so I do not recommend doing this, but I would for, I think three or four days would only eat four ounces of boiled chicken, no seasonings other than Mrs. Dash or cinnamon and Splenda. And then I would eat a cup of shredded lettuce. And then, um, I would eat that four or five times a day. And then I would drink distilled water and deplete down. It's very unsafe. Like this the last time Sounds I it was delicious. I, it was terrible. It was terrible. Let me tell you. But um this whole this new round that I'm going with this new coach is um I'm hoping that from what I've heard is the diet doesn't change very much. It just stays the same. Like maybe you get a carb load, maybe you get a few extra carbs before the show, but you don't deplete down, you don't cut water you don't cut sodium, you just stay the course that you're already at, because you're already stage lean, like, this coach is very adamant about, like, if you're not stage lean, you're not getting on stage, so you, when you get to stage in your week out, there might be a few little tweaks, but it's not going to be, like, drastic, like, you know, last year when I was cutting sodium and water and carbs, and making it off of, like, 500 calories a day,
0: Now, I've had uh, friends that have uh, competed on stage and they talk about sort of mood swings that you go from uh, being like calorie deficient for so long. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so um, I haven't experienced it much this year. It was last year that I was experiencing it. Um, I felt in some sense that I was like floating outside of my body, like looking down on myself a lot. And then um, I like couldn't get a grasp of, like, my emotions, like, I was angry or I was just super happy about something weird. Like, the um, the emotions that follow when you're depleted, like, every day is different, and it almost feels like you don't have any control over your body. Um, so last year, I feel like I was really in an unsafe place, and I wish I would have just kind of backed off of competing a little bit and kind of reversed out of it because I was too far depleted. And it was not safe. So, you know, the emotions that follow when you're that depleted is just, it's not safe.
0: Um, What was the first thing you ate after you were done competing?
1: Which show? Uh, My very last show?
0: Sure, yes. Okay,
1: so I competed in five shows last year, which is far too many. You should not do that. And your coach knows better. If your coach is pushing you into too many shows like that you need a different coach and i learned the hard way so anyways um my very last show was nationals uh it was july 4th of 2019 so almost a year ago um after show i went and got a giant burger and like two plates of fries sweet potato fries um and i did not stop until it was all gone which when you're that depleted out and you've cut water sodium and carbs and you've barely carved up that day you get really sick i like went sprinting for the bathroom because i thought i was gonna lose it all but that's exactly what i went for was mostly just sweet potato fries because they're amazing they're like candy they're
0: delicious they're like candy i'm I'm a big fan of sweet potato (laughs) fries i don't know why people are resistant to them i I
1: used to be in high school like people would be like oh you're gonna eat your sweet potato i'm like heck no you can have them but now i'm like give me all of them Everyone. They're
0: delicious. One of my favorite things to eat are sweet potato fries. They're so good. Um they're yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um What would you say to uh to a young lady Were, I'm thinking about competing maybe maybe I don't know. I don't want to put myself in her in this hypothetical young lady's shoes, but uh if she's uh, afraid, what are people going to think? What is she uh, or whatever. Like, what would you say to to a young lady uh, that wants to compete?
1: So, if there is an individual that's wanting to compete, it, get a coach, but get a coach that you've done research research on them. Make sure that they know what they're doing. Make sure that they have certifications. Make sure that you know you are asking diligent questions and that they're firing back with great answers. Like, if they're giving you the runaround, if they're just having you sign a piece of paper and throw them your money, that's probably not the coach for you. Um, you know, like a lot of us have learned the hard way. Finding a good coach for you is very hard. Um, so doing research on that coach is very important because you're pretty much just putting your health in their hands. So um, you really need to be diligent about how you go about it, it depending on what kind of level you're wanting to get to. And if you're just wanting to do it for fun, like sure, go to your local coach and you know work with them because you can do it in person. If you're wanting elite to, to get to the elite stage. You need someone who knows what they're talking about and what they're doing and how to, you know, help you with your body because each body is different. If you're getting thrown the same plan as someone else that's on your team, that's not the coach for you. Um, And then in regards to having confidence, it's it's just kind of owning yourself and your body and stuff and just, you know, really working on you and seeing if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it and you are too nervous to get on stage, you know, if you get on stage and you just don't like it, you know, that's that's you and I you know, everybody is different. Some people just kind of blossom into this other person and find this inner confidence they never knew they had. Like I have never been able to speak in front of large crowds before, but as soon as I got on stage for bodybuilding, like this inner confidence that I never knew was there came out, and I found a different part of myself that I didn't know was there. So a lot of people might even just find this newfound confidence that they didn't have before.
0: So just so you know, we have at least 50,000 listeners a week. Oh, wow. Not really, but I got a couple of guys in (laughs) Australia, um, which is pretty much the same thing.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh, um, Well, I'm glad that you you decided to to take that step, to to be more comfortable getting in front of people and and showing off your, your hard work. But I do want to go back to that that week before a a competition. What does the training look like for
1: that? Um, So last year, we to deplete down, we did a lot of circuit training. It was you would hit, you know, five or six different exercises back to back to back with no rest just to deplete out the muscles. Um, And then you would do that for like three or four circuits. And then um, this year, I'm hoping from what I have heard, because this is my first year with my new coach, from what I have heard is you just stick with your same training program. You don't go into circuit training. You don't, you know, deplete down into no water and no carbs and no sodium. So like last year when I was, you know, running on 500 calories, I was also circuit training on top of that and oh, it, shit. yeah so oh, it was brutal 500 like,
0: calories a day yeah
1: yeah that's i like was a... like crying through my sets it was so painful and shit it, that's
0: my coffee it like... was
1: yeah it was painful <laughs> in a sense i can't even explain to you like it wasn't like i was physically being hurt it was like emotionally draining and then your muscles are just so weak and so tired that you literally are like just every little bit of you left is just trying to push through that you know, last exercise, it's painful.
0: 5150 Vapes, located in the heart of Seoul, with over 240 flavors of juice to choose from. They are also your home for American-made CBD vape products. They also carry coils, mods, and really anything else you could possibly need or want for vaping. And on June 27th, 49th State Audio Addicts are going to be hosting a car show at Alaska Car Shop on K Beach. Matt Plant at 5 Star Realty, GPCarAudio.com, Hillbilly Customs, Woken Baked Media, Coca-Cola of Alaska, Mad Creations, and Outlaw Customs are all sponsoring, chipping in, and helping this event happen. That is June 27th at 7 p.m. in the Alaska Car Shop parking lot. We're going to have Dave on to talk about the upcoming event uh, at a later date, probably before the 27th of June. That would probably be the safe bet. And then coming up July 17th and 18th, we've got the Alaska Dip Net Rat Festival. More information on that coming as well. Very excited about that. Moving on to Lady Grey Medibles, the makers of breath mints, ice cream, birch syrup, cookies, and now... Suppositories, but back to cookies, if you have an out of state guest or you have a coffee order with 15 very specific ingredients or you are all about the quality conscious ingredients and you are a connoisseur of cannabis cookies, these are the cookies for you. They also have a Peruvian cocoa ice cream, so hear me out. You can make yourself a fully infused milkshake. Stony Moose Milk, which, by the way, is available in both vanilla and chocolate. Throw in a scoop or two of Lady Grey ice cream and the Red Run peanut butter. Make it a milkshake, alright, I don't even know what you'd call that. Think of a name, let me know, let us know. Lady Grey's products are available all over the state of Alaska. Step into your favorite dispensary or you can order online from your, your favorite dispensary. I've included a link in the description for the many uses of the cannabis suppository. So if you're wondering, you know, is that a weird thing? What is a cannabis suppository? There's a breakdown of why it works so well and what it is. Boom, there you go. All right, last but not least, the Kenai Visitor Center is open for business. Go visit former guest of the show, Michael Skinner. Get a tour of Old Town Kenai. There is some very, very cool history, and it is available for free, so take advantage of it. Maybe we can get Skinner back on to give us some history on Kenai's party spots from Kenai Joes to Big Eddie's to Four Royal Parker. Parker's, plural. Basically, give us the history of a good night in this town, all right? We'll have Mike on. We'll talk about this. We will learn these things. And again, as always, links are in the description. I look forward to hearing back from you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. So I was on mute for like about the last forty-five seconds. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about um, about the, the next competition is in Pittsburgh, uh, you, the Emerald City, and uh, Seattle. Um, and where else have you competed?
1: Uh, New Jersey. That was my first national show, and that was in July of twenty nineteen.
0: Um, are there any um, Are there any particular like female bodybuilders that you look up to or admire?
1: Oh, certainly um oh gosh I can't even remember their names but um the current Miss Olympia and the um last year's Miss Olympia I definitely watch them very closely I also watch Emily Hayden she's um a YouTuber and she's a professional she just um is more real than most people record um she records herself when she's very vulnerable and like that emotional state that you know people don't really see they just they think that bodybuilders just are always happy and always confident in themselves and just have this go happy go lucky attitude all the time and she records herself when she's like you know feeling really just just tired and so you get to see the real raw her and it's really relatable to feel like someone else is going through what you're going through
0: so um being a mother, uh, how has that uh, affected uh, competing?
1: Um. So, like getting so when I first started, like competing, getting in the gym and staying in there for two hours, that used to eat at me really bad. I used to feel really, really guilty about it. Um. But I've learned to, you know, tell myself it's okay to focus on me for two and a half hours a day. It is okay. Um. And my kids like, they get excited about it. Um, we only took them to one show just because, like, prejudging and finals is such a long process, and having them sit through that is just really hard when they're, you know, three and four. Um, so we didn't take them to too many shows. Uh, but, like, when I'm at home doing check-ins and posing and stuff, they'll jump in there and they'll do the poses with me. They, um, they actually get excited to be able to do the poses with me and they like they think that they've got all these giant muscles and so they'll flex off with me it's pretty cute they're very supportive um but I feel like I've grown as a mom because like I've had that opportunity to be able to focus on me and find my happiness because when I was falling into that depression um you know, I found myself thinking like I didn't want to be a mom anymore. I didn't, I didn't want the mom life, and it had nothing to do with my kids. It was just, you know, my own thoughts like this is too much. Like I can't take it. This day I just can't take it. You know, so kind of having that relief of focusing on just me, no one nagging me, mom, mom, mom. You know, it just helped me grow, like emotionally and personally. And so I have that time away from them to be able to miss them. So it's really helped our my relationship with my kids.
0: Okay. Um, going back to the very beginning of the sit down, you, you said you moved up here from Idaho. What part?
1: Uh, Northern Idaho. I grew up in Priest River. Um, so Coeur d'Alene, Coeur d'Alene area.
0: Oh, I, oh, I know Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> I, I met their cops. Okay.
1: <laughs> I have met several cops in Idaho too. <laughs>
0: okay. I was, uh, I was stationed at Fairchild. So in Spokane. In fact, uh, my oh, in-laws wow, yeah. uh, still live there. Yeah. So, uh, they'll be up here in a couple of weeks. Very excited about very that. Very exciting. I like my in-laws. I like Um,
1: mine too. They're very helpful. They're amazing.
0: All right. Um, so I've had you for about 40 minutes now. Is, is there anything you need to plug anything you need to get out of the way? Any sponsors, supporters, anyone you want to give a shout out to by name?
1: Um, shout out to Brandon Miller and Delaney Miller. They have really been a huge, huge supporter through this entire process for the last two years. Um, they do sponsor some athletes out of their gym, which is absolutely amazing. Last year, they allowed us to do a barbecue fundraiser for some of the girls and it helped us get to nationals, which is just you know such a huge deal to us and we are so appreciative of it. Um, but those are my only sponsorships I have right now. Um, and I'm very, very fortunate to have them in my corner. I can't say enough how great Iron Asylum is. Like it truly is like a little family in there. And so if you do not go there, you should definitely go there.
0: Uh, agreed, agreed. They also sponsor podcasts. <laughs> so uh, they sponsor
1: a lot of different stuff.
0: They're they're very in tune to to what's going on in the community. I think that um, if nothing else, like it's it's. Just the name alone says it. It's a place to go and exercise your demons. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that fitness is important. Uh, it's it's a key component to mental health. It, it's a, uh, you know, the idea of, of getting up um, at 4 o'clock in the morning uh, was not anything, and, and doing anything, was not anything that was appealing to me when I had to wake up at 4 o'clock yeah. in the morning. So now it's, uh, I get up and, and I have a place to go because I have a thing that I need to do in order for me to be a better father to be a better husband to be a better employee to be a better uh colleague mm-hmm. um for me you know uh, when the kids were in school it was you know getting up at 4 being at the gym being back by 6:15 so that I could you know support my wife and kids who were getting ready for school mm-hmm. um i'd been up for a couple of hours and so i was able to help with breakfast i was able to help make lunches and get people off to where they're supposed to go mm-hmm. um it, it's was such an important thing uh, to me, that, that when it was taken away for a month and change, um, it, it threw like I think a lot of us went through a, a bit of a depression. Yeah, uh, through the month of, of March and into April. Um, but I knew that I had a place that I had to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, you know, I, I knew that there was a part of my life that was uh, that was missing, mm-hmm. um, and and being back in there on on a regular basis. Um, I can't take two days off. Like, I, I have to be there because that's the place that I know I have to be.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Um,
0: if nothing else, it's, it's because I... It, it, whether it's the schedule or whether it's the dopamine. Like, But I also know when I, I leave... Uh, whether or not I, I left everything there like mm-hmm. whether whether I have asked it or not that's something I have to deal with no one else knows and no one else gives a shit because no one else is there for me mm-hmm. right and that's for me that's an important thing it's a, it's a great thing for my ego to know that no one there is there for me I, I'm there for me and they are there for them mm-hmm. um, and we're all just trying to get to whatever it is that our goals are whether it's you know losing weight or gaining strength or or just trying to feel better about ourselves like I know whether or not I did everything that I was supposed to do um I also caveman it though like you, you seem like you probably have a pretty pretty solid schedule of what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. uh when you're in there and I don't mean caveman I just I'm trying to figure it out as I maybe some days I'll do battle ropes for 20 minutes and, yeah. and something I don't know do bicep curls or i something. miss
1: doing that like i miss just being able to go in and essentially like free ball it i guess you could say absolutely and just kind of do what your body is feeling like it wants to do you know like there's days where i absolutely don't want to do leg day and then there's other days where i'm just like really excited for leg day but um like when i made that video with brandon i just went in there and i just kind of free it. and just did whatever movement i wanted to and it felt amazing it was it, so I definitely am kind of envious that you get to do that. I wish I could.
0: How important is it for you to have that schedule of what it is that uh, you're supposed to do and what it is that you are going to do? Uh,
1: for exercise or just daily?
0: Well, um, for well, let's say for competing.
1: For right? competing. So um, like in the gym for the certain days, like my split has to be in a particular order so that I am hitting it like shoulders and legs at a certain point of the week.
0: What is a split?
1: So like you have shoulders, legs, back, chest. Those are like four main, you know, groups that you would work out. Um so I'd split up my two shoulder days and I would split up my two leg days. But you want it equal enough to where you're just depleting them down and then just recovering just enough to be able to build off of every muscle fiber that you've just broken down. So I'll do shoulders, legs, back, shoulders, legs, chest. So that's my workout split.
0: Okay. Um, so is it, I mean, it's imperative, I guess, that you don't get too flexible on that?
1: Yeah, you don't want to. It really it depends on you, yourself, and what your program is. Um, mine, it doesn't allow for too much flexibility. But like I said, if I'm like feeling really, really tired and I need to take that day off, then I'll take that day off and then I'll just move it to the very next day. And then just continue with my workout split on from there.
0: Do you have a particular favorite workout that you like to do?
1: I like shoulders. Shoulder day is probably my favorite day. When I was doing some powerlifting, it was chest because I love to bench. But now it's moved to shoulders.
0: What is it about shoulders?
1: Um... Just seeing where I started at with shoulders to where I'm at now, like strength-wise, and like how much muscle I've been able to put on, it's just, it's, I've reached a level that I never thought I would reach, because um, I used to have like no shoulders, like there just wasn't any shoulders. You are like
0: born without shoulders.
1: Uh, yeah, just shoulderless, Um, but no, like I wanted the more fullness look, and I wanted more roundness, and for the bikini division, you have to have that. And so just being able to build up to the point where I'm at now, it's just kind of like addicting to see like them get, you know, pumped up and to see just how much muscle you put on and how much your hard work is paying off.
0: So you said that five competitions a year is too much. Is there like a golden number that you're going to or that you'd like to go to?
1: Um, so like as an amateur and your first year, you don't, you shouldn't be competing in five shows especially when you're doing the depletion that I was doing 500 calories for like a a whole week like it's not safe so there isn't really any magic number or particular number of shows there's a lot of elite athletes that are able to hit show after show after show but they're already staged lean so they're just staying consistent they're not depleting down they're just you know they're manipulating just a few variables and are able to safely hit those shows back to back to back But as a new competitor, as your first year, there's no reason for you to be hitting five shows. Like you you get nationally ranked, you get ready for nationals, you hit nationals, and then hopefully you turn pro and then you go do pro shows. For me this year, I am probably just going to hit this one show and then I'm going to take a break. I myself need a break. I need to be able to take a year off, focus on you know, putting back on some mass that I've been like losing throughout this process of leaning out. I also really need to take this time in my life to focus on getting out with my kids, going out freely with my friends and my fiance and being able to go enjoy, you know, a meal without feeling the guilt or the frustration that I can't enjoy what they're enjoying. Like I just need that break. So that's why I'm only going to do this one show. Whether I turn pro or not, you know, it is what it is. I'll just hit it again when I'm ready to compete. But for me and my family, I need to take a year off after this next show.
0: Um, When you're prepping for a a competition, um, what is the food that you miss the most?
1: Brownies. (laughs) I never, I didn't think I was that big of a a brownie fan until I started so
0: your new really stage strict. name, by the way, is Brownie Fran.
1: That's
0: what we're gonna call you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In fact, that might be that might be what we titled this particular episode. I'm game for sitting it. down with Brownie Fran. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I'm game. But I mean, like, I I have obsessive thoughts about all these different brownies that I fantasize about eating, which isn't a, it, it's unhealthy to fantasize about food. No. And. It, it is though, like, cause I have a binging disorder. So when I start eating off plan, there are some days that I find myself going head over heels to the point of almost throwing up. And so, um, like the obsessive thoughts of when I'm going to get the next brownie kind of overcome me. And then when I do get a taste of it, I can't stop. So I've been trying to overcome my inner demons with the obsession of brownies
0: i'm that way with carne asada and oh. it's uh it's one of the dilemmas of, of being next to playa azul yeah. is that you know i love carne asada and it's right there um uh communists and i'm sure even <laughs> then i'm sure that i'm sure in 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 in, uh, in china there's probably some solid mexican joints um i'm 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 almost positive right uh if they've got a supreme store ma'am they've got a place to go get <laughs> some good carne asada um So is there a particular brownie that you like? I mean, I'm I'm assuming not out-of-the-box stuff or maybe out-of-the-box stuff.
1: Uh, It's any brownie, to be completely honest. But Safeway, they have the best pre-made brownie. It's in, like, a self-serve, and it's, like, an inch thick, and it's super gooey. Sometimes they do, like, a cookie bottom or a cookie top, but it's just so gooey. I love a gooey brownie. Like, just slap a brownie in the oven for 15 minutes, keep it gooey in the middle, I'll eat the whole sheet. It's it's pretty unhealthy.
0: Do, do you throw like nuts in there or anything, or is this just uh, straight I, brownie mix?
1: If you if they're thrown in there, I'll eat it. I don't really have a preference. You can throw the whole kitchen sink in there, and I'll still eat it.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so I, I've had you for almost an hour, Shadra. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy person. Thank you for making time uh, Absolutely. for this little podcast. Um, have a wonderful day. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A, marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B, marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C, there are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D, for use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and E, marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.